Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Fort Worth podcast. I'm your host, Josh Boyd, and I'm joined this afternoon again by Pastor Stephen. Pastor Stephen, welcome. It is good to be with you. Yeah, it's it's been a good week so far. We had MLK Day yesterday. We to did. Celebrate uh, a great man who uh, lived for a great cause, who did a lot of good for our country. He had a far-reaching influence, yeah, and, and may the Lord help us to live in ways that we can influence our circles too. A profoundly spiritual man, and uh, was a man of prayer too, and... Um, and ironically, today we're talking about prayer. This is week two in our, our prayer talk. Um, it is. In our podcast. So we're just going to kind of unpack um, some questions that we have. Um, yeah. Now, we did invite you, those of you that are listening, uh, to submit questions. You can at any time email us at podcast.nofootworth.com. And no one had any questions, Josh. Here we started this, this is, emphasis last week and we carried it into I'm this shocked. week. I, I thought somebody's going to try to ask a question. You have an uh, open mic. With yeah, two it could have been that. On your ministry team, and you, you, you didn't submit yeah. the questions. So what we've done uh, <laughs> is just kind of raise some questions that, that we think that we thought you might have asked. Yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> or maybe not. But even so, it it helps us continuing the discussion on prayer because sometimes I think we don't. Uh, allow for conversations about it and, and maybe our insecurities about prayer uh, prevent us from experiencing the Lord. And so uh, if you'll allow Josh and I just to chase some questions down and maybe they will be helpful to you. Yeah, for sure. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, okay. I think one of the main things that we think about, you know, uh, we, especially, you know, when I was growing up, I, I had people in my life that if I needed them to pray for something, I would go to, I would go to certain people, you know, if, if we call them prayer warriors, maybe. Sure. Um, Intercessors. Have, right. We have people that we, um, that we believe are, are, this person is devoted to prayer. So kind of along the lines of that question, do you think some people are more or less gifted or more affected or sorry, more effective in prayer than others? Yeah, and I think that's a, a good question to consider because if we're not careful, we do almost assign the privilege of prayer to a select group of people. Like, sure. okay, this is, this is something that that, that person does, that uh, God's called them to a ministry of prayer, and, and we're grateful that they can do what they do. And, and maybe you even look at examples in the Bible and say, well, that, that person seemed to... Uh, be a, a great example. You, Daniel, for example, in the Old Testament is described as praying three times a day. He modeled a pattern of prayer. and Maybe that set him apart. Or Elijah. Even Elijah is referenced by the New Testament writer of James as a man who was effective in his praying. But the more I've looked at what especially the New Testament teaches about prayer, I've come to conclude that no, there aren't certain people that are gifted toward prayer or even more effective in prayer. Uh, it really is tied to what we've been discussing the past two Sundays, this whole idea of, of a relationship. Uh, the language that I've tried to utilize in portraying prayer is you need to envision beloved children maintaining a conversation with their father on a long journey. And from that point of view, then all of us have equal access. All of us have the opportunity to be encouraged and yeah. strengthened by the presence of the Father in our life. We can lift to Him our concerns. Uh, we can allow Him to address the challenges in front of us, or we can choose not to. But it's not that some are more effective or gifted. It, 
frankly, is more driven by are they yeah. willing to relate to him as father? And I don't think that's in a, in a way at all to build us up as, oh, well, well I have access also. No, that's a testimony to how incredibly large God is that he, he we have, we all have access. Well, I mean, in the model prayer, in the disciple prayer, Jesus used the language of our, we, yeah. uh, and he was speaking to a large crowd. It was his way of emphasizing this is a privilege because of Jesus, by the way, that each of us can can avail ourselves of. Yeah. We can draw near to God as Father, and we can talk with Him. Now, I know I've been driving home the imagery of the long journey over the last two weeks, but I think that's helpful to me, because if I, if I can just imagine being on a journey with someone I love, and I know I have a, a distant destination before me, that prayer is just maintaining a conversation with the Lord in a way that brings me toward those destinations. And so when I'm afraid, I can admit I'm afraid. When I have a need, I can identify the need. Sure. I mean, it, it's a conversation. So really, that's the next question then, is how should how should we view prayer? And, and this goes for everyone, now that we've acknowledged that, that sure. there is no, you know, they're better at this, or they are, you know, God's going to be more inclined to listen to them. What, what, what does that say to how we should all view prayer? Well, I fear sometimes we view it as, as a religious exercise. Sure. And, and that's, that's a trap I think every one of us can fall into where we, we have it in our mind that prayer is, is doing this, 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 kind of an ordered uh, uh, list of activities that represents prayer. When if I will view prayer as me drawing near to God and sharing with God what's on my heart, what's on my mind, even bringing his word into the conversation to, to bring light into to my perspective, uh, then... I mean, it's very personal. It's very interactive. Uh, but if I view prayer as okay, I've got to, I've got to pray for an hour to truly be effective. And you know, I just pick that time frame randomly. But you know, when you hear someone say, "I've been praying an hour," <laughs> what do we conclude from right. that? Oh, and God's going to pay attention to that. That person prayed for an hour. Well, no, not really. I mean. The key is what is God seeking to do in that person's life and how is God leading them to respond? Now, if over that hour I'm spending, say, 50 minutes lifting up people that God's put on my heart and my mind that, that I can intercede for and intercede with, and, and that hour is filled with this, this continuing, uh, I guess, uh, list of, of petitions, as I'm asking God to affect our world and affect those that I love, then yeah, your, your length of prayer can expand but if your mindset is, I'm going to pray for an hour so that I can get what I want, sure. um, then I'm not sure that we have the concept of prayer. Because uh, it, going back to the imagery of the journey, uh, when I was a younger child, my parents would take us to Tennessee and Mississippi to visit our grandparents. They were long drives. And uh, I can assure you, uh, in the length of that drive, if all I did was constantly demand for what I wanted, it would get me no closer to receiving that probably regardless how many times I said further away. Yeah, no, it, it worked against me. And, and, and so if we appreciate we're on this journey with the father and it's not, we're not going to be effective in prayer simply because we just keep going at the same thing over and over and over and over again. Right. Now I, I think there's a place for persistence and maybe we can even talk about that in a moment. But the, the point is I'm, I'm, on this journey with the Father, with God, and He wants to help me. And my conversation with Him is just a very personal acknowledgement of what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, sure. what I perceive to be the needs, and I seek His help. And it's almost as if the more 
and this is this is deep real quick, but the, the more that we meditate incorrectly on our own will through prayer, incorrect prayers, mm-hmm. incorrect posture, the further away we are. I mean, whether it's subconsciously yeah. or, or intentionally, we're getting further and further away from the will that God has for us and where we're supposed to be matching, <laughs> you know, with... I mean, I've actually read some writers in prayer that have gone as far as to say... On some occasions, maybe God actually gives us what we ask for, even though it wasn't what's best for us, just even in that to teach us a lesson. Uh, now, I don't know about that. Again, I, 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 uh, Jesus describes the Father in Matthew 7 as a good Father, that He's, yeah. he's not going to give us a stone when we ask for bread. His heart toward us is good. And so I, I, th- I think if I can learn to rest in the knowledge of his love and his concern for me and then allow my prayers to be an expression of that where I can release to him what what's on my mind what's on my heart then it can be a transformative experience for me inwardly and yes I do think it has the potential affecting what's happening beyond me too but it's as much as the relationship uh, as as anything else he's wanting me to know that he's in my life and that he's bringing me through uh, the present circumstance and and I need to embrace that in prayer, I think facilitates that. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that we look at, and this will kind of lead us into the next question, but I think a lot of times when, when Christians and praying people are um, dealing with prayer and in, in a time of trial even, or we're praying for the things that we need, or, or God help me with this, I, I need this, I, I desire this, what, what, would, what would you have me do in this situation? I think a lot of the times the, the conclusion we come to is that God's not hearing me, hmm. or um, God doesn't hear my prayer or I'm not praying long enough. or I'm not saying the right things or maybe God is silent or God's not answering me. So what do we do with that silence? Yeah. And that's a hard question, isn't it? Um, sometimes that happens when we read our Bibles. You know, I've been encouraging folks to participate in our, our daily reading plan and we're into week three of that. And yes, I'm giving a plug. Here I go again. <laughs> Shameless. Yeah. <man>. But again, <laughs> sometimes I, what I've said to folks is read it. You're asking God to to impress a lesson on your heart. Well, what happens if you read and you, ha- you have no impression? And, and uh, I think we need to acknowledge that in all of our lives, sometimes we, our minds and our hearts can maybe be affected by circumstances and certainly even be uh, a, a little numb because of circumstances so that our sensitivity and our perceptions may not w- be what they always are. And so, for example, when I read through a passage uh, like I did this morning, we were in John 12 and uh, I'm asking the Lord will show me what would speak to my heart. If if nothing resonates within my mind, nothing stands out. I'll, I'll typically step back and and say, "Now, Lord, I, I do want to listen. Uh, I want to see what you want me to see." And and so I'll read it again. And and I've just found in my life, if 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 it appears to be silence, the first thing I want to do is is to just make sure that the silence isn't caused by my distraction. Hmm. and me maybe not allowing him to, to, to address it. But in regard to prayer, I think it's a little more complex than that. Um, as I come to him, say, and I'm, I'm expressing to him my, my emotion of what's happening, or I'm asking for him to respond to a need that I see. Uh, and what am I expecting at that point? Am I expecting the Lord to suddenly, you know, do something dramatic uh, am I ex- expecting him to give me this emotional surge that then immediately lifts my heart? Wow, yeah. um, I, I, I don't know that we should enter into that with, with that presumption. What I do want, though, is, is to acknowledge him. And 
uh, if, for example, I've laid a request and my heart is still a little heavy by it, that may simply be the human condition of my emotion. And, and I, yeah. that's just a, a part of who we are. But if I can release it to him, and I touched on that on Sunday, I, I think when we seek daily bread or we uh, cast whatever it is on our heart before him, what we want to effectively do is place it in his care and to renew in our hearts a confidence that he can work in this, that he can work through this. And, and though it may seem silent, <laughs> you know, my, my confession of thanks in that moment or my affirmation, Lord, I know you're going to work in this, can bring the, the ease that I need within my heart then to just move further into the day. And so don't interpret the silence or the lack of an immediate result as an indication that your prayer was ineffective. Um, just step back. Realize, okay, it's a conversation. You can even respond to the Lord and say, well, hey, I, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not happening right now in me. Lord, would you help me to look at my life or what's happening around me in a way that may give me, give me an added perspective? Right. So what do we then do with situations where, you know, after we've experienced, you know, the silence, you know, that we, we think God is, um, is, I haven't heard from him. We can almost tend to think that the, that prayer is unanswered. What do we do in situations like that? How long should we maybe, you know, is there a, maybe a time period or, um, I don't know, that's a complex question, but well, what do we do with I, again, unanswered what, prayers? I mentioned on Sunday, Josh, and would you agree with me? Most people approach prayer like a fast food order. I think so. Uh, they, they really think it's as simple as uh, making our request, placing our order, and then we're anticipating that we just kind of pull up to the drive through window and immediately what we've requested is placed within our hands. Uh, um, and there's just, a reason fast food is cheap. And yeah. That's, that's cheap. That's cheap faith too, I think. And, and, and yet that's not the picture that we have in yeah. the new Testament of prayer. Uh, and uh, it, it's much more relational and it's much more focused on, on the long journey where the, Again, in the model prayer, Jesus says, before you even ask for the bread for the day, you're praying for the kingdom to come and for God's will to be done. And so to go back to your question, well, what do you do when it appears as if your prayer is unanswered? I mean, I've had that happen in my life more times than honestly I can count. Right. I, I've prayed about serious matters, health matters for people that I love and care deeply about. And I've come to God in faith. I've, I've allowed the testimony of his word to be the basis of my request. I mean, uh, and here as I've made that my petition, from my perspective, the prayer goes unanswered because I don't see my, my loved one or my friend healed. And, and yet the, the prayer was answered, wasn't sure. it? I mean, as hard as it is for us to acknowledge, sometimes prayer, the response of God is yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's not yet. Uh, and, and when I'm seeing, uh, my request appear to be unanswered, uh, then I have to ask the question, okay, is this a no? <laughs> right. Or is this a not yet? Because when we look at God's larger work, there's, there's a timing to what he does. And if we, if we don't appreciate that, then we don't understand the wonder of our God, because you see, he has the long journey completely in view. Right. And he understands how precisely things need to occur for the larger good. And so he, he moves in our lives, I'm convinced, with that in view. And so sometimes what we see as a no is a not yet. 
Other times though, and this is painful for us to admit, sometimes it's a no, that as much as I want God to affect this circumstance um, in the way I've asked. Yeah, well, now, it's, even, not, it's not a complete no, right. but it, it's, a, it's a no to what I asked for. Even, yeah, I was at a funeral yesterday, I shared this with you earlier, and um, I had you know, someone who was uh, a minister that was there, and he was you know, speaking to everyone. He mentioned, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've all prayed for God to, to heal this man, and now he's, he's done that. And it was a little confusing uh, to, to think, you know, in, in my mind to think, well... Now see, and I shared with you a moment ago, I don't think that that's true. Right. I, I, they, they weren't praying that God would heal him by taking him home, right. which we know, spiritually speaking, uh, death from our perspective is to enter into the presence of God. It's yeah. not a losing scenario for the, for the believer in Jesus. But those family members that were praying, uh, it was a no. they were praying for his physical yeah. healing. And God's response as hard as it is for us to emotionally come to terms with it, was no. Yeah. And, and in part, that's due to the fact that, once again, God sees the big picture. He obviously knew what he had already provided for this loved one. And, yeah. and, and so that was already assured. But in the larger context of God's work and plan, uh, at this point, it was just a no. And, and from our perspective, as we work through that emotionally, and sometimes it's hard to work through that. From our perspective, what needs to occur is the realization, okay, God loves me, God's plan for my life, God's work in my life is for my good. And even in this, I will trust him. I will allow him uh, to, to move me through this situation in a way that would bring him, him greater glory. I mean, remember uh, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they... Uh, were being threatened with death by being thrown into the fire. I love the testimony of these young men of faith where, you know, the, their testimony largely was, listen, uh, even if we're not delivered, we trust God. Of sure. course, it was God in his kindness that delivered them. And, yeah. and, and so I think what we're wanting to, to do is to, as we make our request, affirm our trust in his provision and his care and, and seek. Now, maybe a, an added question to, to think about in this regard is, say I'm asking for a particular outcome and, and I'm not seeing it, at w what point do I stop asking? I mean, do you pray about something for six times or 20 times? I mean, is there a, What's interesting to me is, you know, when we, you know, we're in a relationship with someone or even in, in, a, in a marriage sense where there's a, a sense of you have to grow together with that person and you're, you're, you're learning how to better communicate with that person. You know, there's not, I don't enter in a relationship with anyone and immediately know the best way to communicate with that person or I'm not immediately, you know, able to very quickly discern what they're thinking or how they're feeling or what their, what their inclination towards a situation or a decision is going to be. And I think the same thing's true with God. The, mm -hmm. the more time that we spend with him, the more intimate of a relationship that is, the better able we're going to be able to discern whether that's a no or this is a not yet, or this is a, I need to quit asking God for this because this is clearly not what he wants for yeah, my and, life. And the beauty of this, and to go back to, to the question I posed, I mean, at what point do I stop asking I think you asked that of the Lord. Yeah. I don't think, wow. I don't think that's kind of a, a criteria that there's a set number. I, I think it's, 
you're on a journey. And, and so say I'm praying for someone to be physically healed. Um, I'm confident as I have that level of prayer that at some point along the way, if I'm not seeing the healing that's, that I've been asking specifically for, I think it's all right for me to pause and say, Lord, am I looking at this wrong? Help me, uh, because I want my prayer to align with your heart, uh, because you do see all of the complexity of life that I do not. And, sure. and so, Lord, help me. And there have been many occasions, uh, Josh, in my prayer experience where that's been the outcome. I, I, for, a, for a season of time, I was praying very specifically in a very direct way, and it was obvious there was nothing that was moving or shifting because of what it was asking. Now, some might look at that and say, well, maybe I wasn't praying right. No, see, to me, it's about God's will. It's about God's purpose. And I would just begin then to ask, now, Lord, okay, um, I'm on this journey with you. Uh, do I need to change how I'm praying? And uh, in gentle and loving ways, that often is what he helps me to discover. And and then that opens up a whole new avenue of prayer as I begin to direct my faith and my heart's attention to, to a, a, a new approach to God's activity in that situation. And uh, again, I, we make the mistake when we make prayer mechanical and predictable. I think we, we just want it to be relational. And as you noted, I mean, where there's a relationship involved, you, you need to allow for the time and the, the room to, to let God work, to bring us to, to finally where we need to be. And, and I hope that people will, will approach the Lord in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's such a, a need for us to, I know that I have so many excuses, I think, that I make in my life when it comes to, to prayer. And time is a big one, but um, I think, there's lots of things that, that come up. What are some, what are some typical, just uh, if we're going to have a transparent moment here, what do you think some typical for, for ourselves, maybe for you even, or for just the typical Christian, what are some excuses you think that come to mind with, with prayer and why we don't pray as much as we should? Well, I do agree. Time is one. I, I think because we have viewed prayer to be outcome based, that it's primarily based on me getting an answer to prayer where some people haven't seen the answers, then they've, decided that prayers of little value because it doesn't work for them. And so why do something that you don't see the, the outcome from when if prayers is a journey, a relationship, a conversation, right. then the outcome is always happening. Uh, paid off more. I would, yeah. 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 Uh, and then you still see the difference as he interacts with the situations around us. Uh, but I do think that comes into play. Some people really, frankly, they just don't think it works for them. And so they don't, they don't pray. Uh, others, maybe, and I, I, this saddens me when I think about it, it, they don't feel worthy to be heard and wow. uh, because they look at their own f failures or their own struggles and, and would say, well, why would God listen to what I have to say? I, I think sometimes people will call the church and want a minister to pray for a situation because they feel inadequate within themselves right. or unworthy. And that's so sad because uh, they're as much a child of God as I am a child of God. Right. And the Father wants them to draw near and to be honest with what's going on, just as he would have me to draw near. And so, but I do think with some, they, they just say, well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worthy of that. I haven't, I haven't earned the right. Uh, and, <laughs> and Jesus is the one that secured all that for us. So I, it saddens me 
that some just stand outside the conversation when the father was always wanting them to enter into the conversation all along. Definitely. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today. And uh, again, if you have any questions, uh, please email us, podcast at northfortworth.com. Um, we'd love to get to those questions or comments or anything like that. But uh, today, you know, we realized that this is kind of a pivotal time in uh, in in our culture, in our society, as an American in our nation. citizen. Yes, and, indeed. Um, it is every four years when this happens, or every eight some occasions, but um, especially with the last... Uh, several months, the way that things have gone in our country and related to the pandemic and related to the economy and the social justice issues that we're facing. This is a big deal right now. And we wanted to, to take some time this afternoon to just close our time in prayer. Yeah, I very much wanted to pray for tomorrow's inauguration for the new president and the administration that will be assuming leadership. And, uh, and Josh is right. Over the last few months, the politics of our nation have been a very volatile source and strong emotion. And I want to remind you as a listener, if you're a believer and follower of Jesus, I mean, the Apostle Paul uh, directs us to pray for those who are in authority over us, that uh, through their administration, there could be peace in ways that allow uh, us to, to live out our faith in, in positive and influential ways. And so uh, regardless of where you view yourself politically, if you're a Jesus follower, you need to be prayerful for our government and to ask the Lord to make a difference. Now, I've said on many occasions, Josh, that when it comes to, to politics, I, I wish people would be as focused in praying for various political leaders they disagree with as they are uh, outspoken in criticizing uh, who they are and what they do. That will be preach. <laughs> uh, because if we would be more active in our praying for those people, uh, I think a couple of things results. One, it, it certainly, I believe, God hears and tries to influence government in ways that yeah. would be beneficial. But just as significant, it influences my heart. When I'm praying for a person, uh, it allows God to then to influence my perspective and attitude toward that person. So as we move into uh, tomorrow and, and certainly as we move further into this year, as a people of faith, let's hold up our, all of our government leaders and ask God uh, to be at work, to ask God to work through those of us who are seeking to live out our faith, to influence our culture in a way that would honor him. And that said, let me voice a closing prayer for today's session, and thank you for being with us, uh, but let me pray for us now. Dear God, first of all, we acknowledge uh, our trust is in you. We believe that you are the one who helps us and guides us. And even as we've discussed this afternoon, I, I pray that we'll discover a, a comfort level in our conversation with you, that we can release the burdens, the fears, the strong emotions that we might have to you in a way that you could then carry us along. Lord, we pray in the coming months and into the year, that we will see demonstrations of your power as you make a difference through our lives, as you make a difference because of the conversations that we have with you. But with tomorrow's inauguration, we're asking for you to, to accomplish what's needed in these days. I pray for, for your influence amid the Biden administration that you could accomplish through their collective actions, ultimately that which is right, that which is good. And Lord, I pray that you could help uh, all of us, regardless of our political leaning, to discover 
or even rediscover the ability to have dialogue and to be able to work toward a, a larger common good in a way that honors Jesus, the one we follow. Now, Lord, I do pray that you would provide a level of peace tomorrow across our land. We pray that we might avoid the further outburst and conflict that has been so characteristic of the last many months. So Lord, help us in these ways. We trust in you. And as Jesus taught us to pray, we now again pray, we want your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.